0: Yep. hey chums welcome back to uh game with chums podcast i'm your host paulus the best chum and with me as always is my reliable psychic the honorable and very long-haired mr Rawls. Mr. Ross, hey. how you been what you've been Try be to? the fonds. what, what you've been playing how are you how how's your life in general
1: uh, life in general shit. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as last time we did this podcast, because we're still, I think uh, some areas of lockdown are lockdown and getting eased at the moment, but we're still pretty much in lockdown, so nothing's changed really. Yeah. And um, as far as what I'm playing, still the same thing. I'm still playing Mass Effect Andromeda, and on a daily struggle to keep playing it, because I'm about halfway, well, I'm probably a little bit over halfway through now. But uh, um, it's just like, it's so bland. <laughs> it's just like every day I'm like, I'd like I'd like to play something else now, please. But I'm going to finish it, damn it. You didn't, you didn't you know, finish it last time, did you? I didn't. I'm actually further now than I got back in 2017. Yeah. Um, obviously, as, as I said, back then I played it like I would have played the other Mass Effect games and just done everything. Because, you know, pretty much everything was worth doing in the old Mass Effect games. And Andromeda, very little is actually worth doing. So, what I've been doing is sort of like doing the crew loyalty missions, um, getting the outposts on each of the worlds that you can settle, and then just the main story, and that's about it. And even then, I'm get, starting to get bored. I did uh, Liam Costa's loyalty mission yesterday, which I didn't do the first time around. I didn't get that far with it. And it was actually not bad, it was actually quite funny in places. So, that was at least that's helping me push through. But I've done five, I think, of the six loyalty missions. I've done five of the six outposts. So I'm just going to finish that stuff off and then finish the story off. And hopefully this week I'll finish it and I can put the whole thing behind me. Because Jesus, it's it's kind of bland. And that, that kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about later. But what about you? What have you been up to? Um, playing, what you've been doing?
0: Well, playing, isn't We've been playing more Apex uh, on our Twitch channel, our Game of Chums. So check that out. Um level online. Uh, it, uh, been not too much to be honest. No, it's been a bit of a quiet one. I've had stuff to do at home in real life and kind of eaten into my gaming time, you know, besides my full-time job. Um, yeah, not too much, just not Apex and uh, not even been watching anything. It's nothing. I finished One Division, and, um, and now there's there's another Disney Plus Marvel thing coming out. Uh, and Soldier, but that's not on next Friday. Uh, I don't know if I I, I, I kind of want to just wait until that's finished, and then binge binge watch it. But because I'm on social media so much, obviously you uh, got Twitter and all that. It's land It's just filled with spoilers. I know there's filters you can do to sort of stop you getting tweets. It it's stop like with Attack on Titan. I've had to like sort of uh, keep an eye out for like some things have been spoiled for me. Just push, but even by Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll spoil <laughs> things. You know, so um, I'm not too happy with that. But other than that, no, my um. Yeah, it's not been particularly busy
1: on the gaming front this weekend. Pretty une- uneventful fortnight for both of us.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I say, we do this every fortnight and not too much has happened. Uh, no, no. there's been some gaming news, which we'll, we'll get into in a minute. But uh, in terms of actually playing anything, I mean, I started a new new let's play. Um, you did on our yes. YouTube channel you check out our YouTube channel, um, so, Battlefront Two. So, I'm playing through the story campaign. So, yeah. Um. One thing I can say about it, look, it looks really good.
1: Fantastic. Good looking game.
0: Good looking game. Gameplay's a, at the moment a bit okay. It's bang average.
1: Bang to average. To be honest, but it's yeah, worth playing I, as it's a quick sort of jump through it, and the story's decent. Yeah. The setting, as always, the setting's good. You know. Yeah. But so yeah, um, it's it's not the best game in the world, but it's fine yeah. for five hours or whatever.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, that's our lives. But let's get into <laughs> uh, gaming news because there's been there's been a bit of that. Um, it has the indeed. Two Bethesda has finally been is confirmed to be bought by Microsoft.
1: Yeah, the deal About is finalised.
0: That's all been done. Uh, thoughts, thoughts.
1: Um, I quite like the roundtable discussion they put out I quite like stuff like that Mm -hmm. they did a similar one I think it was around E3 2019 maybe and they had like um, Tim Schafer and Fergus Urquhart from Obsidian and uh, Don Matthews from Ninja Theory just sort of talking about what it meant to join Xbox and what Game Pass could do and stuff like that so I quite enjoy that kind of stuff um it's i was quite surprised how quickly they came out to talk about the exclusivity stuff because they have danced around it a little bit in the run-up. i think that was
0: one of the main concerns uh for that was
1: that was absolutely the 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 question people wanted answered i'm surprised they just like straight out of the back came out and said right this is what we're doing and it was basically what i've expected and kind of what i've I'm not sure if we've talked about it on the podcast, but I've been talking about it on like forums and stuff online and what I expect it to be. And it's basically as I expected like the vast majority of stuff is going to be exclusive. I think people need to wrap their head around that. You're going to get stuff like the online stuff, like Elder Scrolls Online, Fallout 76, that stuff's going to stay where it is currently and get updated. And then sort of future stuff like that might be multi platform. And then maybe Machine Games Indiana Jones might be multi platform because there might be an existing deal with. Lucasfilm, Disney, around that. But I think you don't spend seven and a half billion dollars to just maintain the status quo and start putting games that you now own on your competitors' devices. So it's what I expected, really, but I'm surprised they came out so early on in the stream and just sort of laid it out.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's, it, it's good for their... Because uh, all their... Like, lot. Defensive game to come out on Game Pass. Right? So, as soon as that deal is yeah. done, bang!
1: Through through 20 games, to Game Pass. Yeah. Which, like, oh no, my backlog.
0: I've downloaded Skyrim again. <laughs> I played that again. Get lost in that world again. I mean, how long this ago is... was that? How long ago did that game come out? Like, Ten years ago, this year. Yeah, and we're still going on about it. Just that's how good that it was.
1: But... Todd Howard has finally achieved his goal. Now that it's gonna, now it's in Game Pass. Mm-hmm. You're basically going to be effectively buying Skyrim every month for the rest of mm-hmm. your life. Todd Howard's like, finally, mm-hmm. but, yeah. Hey, uh... but I I think I might go back to Skyrim because I didn't ever finish the main quest on 360. I put like 300 hours in, didn't finish the main quest on the Xbox One version. I bought that and I put about 30 hours in, didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, okay. when the FPS boost comes, because they are going to be adding FPS boost to some of their Bethesda games. When that's 60 FPS, I might go back to it again.
0: Um, yeah. So, yeah, Professor is now officially part of the uh, Xbox ecosystem.
1: Uh, anything else? Anything? Still mad to think about, isn't it? Yeah.
0: I mean, we could do a... We've already done a discussion about that, about Bethesda being bought by Xbox. So, yeah, go um, check it out. Go check it out. Um, any other gaming
1: news of relevance? Can it come out? Uh, nothing that nothing nothing of. as big as that that i can think of yeah. it's a bit of a quiet period really isn't it sort of like post holiday season as people call it running going up towards e3 season which we're what three months away from now at this point mm-hmm. it's usually quite quiet at this time of the year but um yeah i don't think there's much else other than the fact that Obviously, more Bethesda games will be coming to Game Pass. Some of them are getting FPS boosts. So that'll be nice to look forward to. And um, other than that, I think that's about it.
0: Okay, so game news Pretty is quiet done. Quiet,
1: period. Yeah. So we're going to
0: get into the uh, the topic of today's podcast, which is uh, studios that have uh, fallen from grace. Is that a good way of putting it? I mean, I'll, I've got to think of a title to, to, for this podcast. So <laughs> uh, I think that's. We're going to talk about two in Pacific, specifically, right? Two Pacific um, studios.
1: Two that yeah. immediately come to mind for us. Yeah.
0: Um, my, We both have one, but we both love these studios. So it's no pre- preference. But um, one we're going to talk about is uh, Bioware, and the other one will be Bungie. So. We could get should, let's let's get into let's get into bioware because um, it's coming it, there were some revelations from EA recently about bioware.
1: Stuff some stuff happened and also happened. the fact that they decided to can anthem finally.
0: Yeah, well, I mean we, we, can, we can get into that, but um someone's bibbing outside my, my house. Um, Bio, EA were gonna make uh the latest dragon age they were going to apparently they were going to have like it, it was going to be like a pay to win or something like that well,
1: it's going to have some kind of live service element. live service
0: to it yeah but because of the success of jedi fallen order and the failure of anthem they <laughs> have decided to keep dragon age as a, a single player rpg well, we were all under the assumption that was going to be the case anyway, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently not. Take, yeah, they were doing some sly, uh, sly shenanigans. Dragon Age?
1: And Dragon Age, a single-player game? Surely you yeah. jest.
0: Now, just for full disclosure, my company that I work for, our main client is EA. So I, um, I have to be a bit sort of diplomatic in what I think about EA, so. Be careful. Uh, yeah, because I've signed disclosures and all that, so I can't talk about any, like, sort of new games or anything. But I can just, just be a bit critical of how they, the way they practice. Um, I mean, like, EA, has, they, they, they're known for putting microtransactions and trying to push this live service, which they did with Anthem. Um, For a company like, for a studio like Bioware, which is known for their uh, RPGs and story-based games, Anthem was a huge departure. And there was some like yourself who wanted to give it a try. I think you were were quite more, not forgiving, but you were willing to give Anthem a go. If it's a good game, then it's a good game. But uh, you played it and you completed the story, didn't you?
1: Yeah, it's a similar situation to some of the, des- the Bungie talk we'll get into in a bit. So I won't go too heavily into it at the moment, but I was willing to at least sort of give it a go. And um, yeah, I played the campaign, and it just—it uh, wasn't—it wasn't what you want from Bungie. I mean, everyone said that as soon as it was announced. People were like, "What? Why? Why is Bungie?" Not Bungie, why is Bioware? They both begin with (laughs) B's. Both begin with B and they've both done these big live service sci-fi games of late. But yeah, people were like, this isn't what you want from Bioware, like a live service sort of looter shooter game where story tends to be kind of in the background and characters kind of tend to be in the background. And it's more about sort of like chasing loot and grinding out. Like incremental power and stuff like that, which, you know, it's stuff that is in RPGs. Um, so it's not like a complete genre shift, but it's, it's definitely a change in focus. Um, but I was willing to give it a shot because I thought, hey, it looks like Iron Man the game. And it looked like that first vertical slice they demoed looked incredible, like visually speaking. And when it came out, it was a very nice looking game. Flying was a hell of a lot of fun. Design of the world was quite good. It was quite, there was a lot of verticality in it, which I always like. It wasn't just like a large, flat, open plane you're running or flying across. There were peaks and valleys, and it was fun to explore it. But the story was barely there. The characters were paper thin. The campaign was just, I mean, there was a bit where they stopped your progress, and you had to go and like do a a collect a thon quest to continue the main story. and then the last boss was just a big man, like yeah. literally just a giant man.
0: Um, I mean, like we could, we, could go, we can go on about how about Ampham itself, but we, 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 in the broader sense of everything, in the broader sense of how Bioware is at the moment, it's kind of a shell of its former self. A lot of the staff have left. But the staff that made Bioware what they are today have left. Bioware, so it's not the and then same. Some Bioware came back. them came back and left again, but it's not the Bioware that we once knew, because Bioware was my favorite um, studio at one point. They made. I can list off the games that I've played, like Jade Empire, Knights of the Old Republic, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, um, like all the Dragon Age games and Mass Effect games. Um, so, but from that studio from then to what they are now it's a complete different sort of beast isn't it and plus yeah. like, like some people have been critical about like ea forcing all their studios to use their frostbite engine mm-hmm. Frostbite engine doesn't really work well with rpgs um i kind of see see that but um i'm it hasn't been an issue for me personally well, I, don't like I think that... it's
1: yeah. I think it's more in like the creation of the games and how much yeah. it's set them back. Yeah. So there have been like reports that have come out from people like Jason who have talked about what a mess it was. Yeah. It had been for them to try and move stuff over to Frostbite, and I think the Dragon Age team basically had to rewrite large chunks of the engine just to get stuff like dialogue and um, like conversation systems and loot tables and all that stuff in there that just didn't exist because obviously Frostbite, Frostbite was made for battlefield so it, just, it wasn't it, it didn't kind of have what rpgs needed and then a lot of that work that bioware did for dragon age inquisition filtered down to the mass effect andromeda which is why systemically they're actually quite similar i guess can i ask
0: uh, you a question um do, do you do because this is what what, what... The main the, one of the issues is: have, has the quality has is there been a, a noticeable decline in quality of the games?
1: Um, yes, absolutely. Since
0: since the purchase of EA by purchase by mm, yeah. EA, you reckon?
1: I think I think so. Yeah, I mean, a lot of yeah. people will say like they were bought out between Mass Effect one and two. And a lot of people say Mass Effect two is the best um, Mass Effect, and. In some ways I agree, but my favourite is the first one. Okay. Um, but you could see a lot of the changes that came in between one and two. Like even just stuff like like you and me have whined about this endlessly, but like the end mission screens in Mass Effect 2. They feel very much like something from an action game rather than an RPG. It doesn't just it doesn't like flow from like Normandy to mission back to Normandy. It's Normandy mission results screen and then back to Normandy, which is just weird in an RPG. Mm. Yeah. and um scale, scale back sort of uh um RPG, scale kind of. RPG stuff yeah, yeah. But, I mean the writing and the characters were still top tier so oh, that's play why play a lot it. of people think it's the best one I can't really argue with that the story mm. and the characters are fantastic I do think the story in one is better and the antagonist in one is better yeah
0: they, but... they had an actual antagonist not just like a <laughs> disembodied voice they had a, like a focus to the, the, the villain, mm. Saren.
1: S- Saren and Sombra. Saren. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I, I think you could. I think you could definitely see a change in focus coming in that sort of like time between Mass Effect One and Two, which is mm-hmm. when EA picked them up, and um, obviously stuff still came out. Like Dragon Age came out well, a couple of years after. EA picked them up, I think. The first Dragon Age, Dragon Age Origins, yeah, 2009, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think so. 2009. I
0: think it was
1: in development for EA, them. yeah. It was. It was in development for years. Mm. It came out like 09, 10, somewhere around there. So they were already owned by EA when that came out, and that was quite a deep sort of systems-based RPG that took oh, a lot oh, from old the old, like, RPG, yeah, you know? took a lot from like the old Infinity Engine games that yeah. Bio that BioWare kind of made their name with things like boulder's gate and never Nights. night yeah. um so obviously they they still could create something sort of deep rpg <laughs> style but it did feel like things changed when ea picked them up and uh perhaps not for the better and then since then they've gone more and more sort of away from rpg towards action to the point yeah, we end is. up with anthem which is a looter shooter which is not what yeah. people wanted from bioware and game you've game. got to think that's ea Right, yeah. pushing them to make something oh, yeah. like that, and, and it
0: ties into like the other studio, that they, they saw um, Destiny and how successful and.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It, yeah. people might not like Destiny, and I have my own thoughts on that that we'll get into. Yeah. But it was undoubtedly a success, and it it became a huge thing, and then everyone wanted one of those. Which is why you got things like Anthem and the Division, and then um, even Outriders, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. You played,
0: you played the demo.
1: You? I played a... the demo. Yeah, it feels very budget, but it's quite fun. <laughs> um, but they've they've said it's like it's not a live service game. It's just like here's the game. We're not going to be up adding stuff to it. We're not. Gonna, there's no microtransactions or anything. You go and play it and enjoy it. So they're taking a bit of a different tack with it, but it's undoubtedly that kind of style of game like the loot loot shooter kind of thing whatever you want to call it mm. which is being published by Square Enix so pretty much every publisher has looked at Destiny and gone we need one of those which is why we ended up with Anthem yeah and um, yeah. yeah as we as we said they finally shut it down in the last few weeks well,
0: they I think were it meant happened to just they, before we they were meant to reboot it they were, they meant
1: to, were to, yeah yeah that's what they were supposed oh. to be doing oh. and i think this happened around I think it's happened just before we recorded the last podcast that they announced that they weren't going forward with it. Yeah. And we kind of forgot to bring it up. Yeah. So we thought we'd table it for this week and then it turned into this discussion. But uh, yeah, they were supposed to be working on it in the background to try and sort of relaunch it basically. And I was, I was kind of hoping they'd be able to rework it into something worth playing because there was stuff to like about it, like the world. Looked great. I like the design of the javelin suits. The flying was genuinely really fun, um, and um, I, yeah, the I shooting mean, and we, stuff we, was quite fun. Get, we, uh,
0: I've got to direct you to. Like, I reckon you, we can talk about Anthem for a bit. Well, you can. Like, so we're gonna sort of like not get too much into about how much you like what have done about Anthem, but like, like you, you said you were playing earlier um, Andromeda. Which yeah. is much, much maligned. I mean, let's, let's, very kind. You, you, you had Mass Effect 3, which was a very sort of strict that was more like a, a Call of Duty game, some parts. There were moments <laughs> in there that were really good, but yeah. I, I, I felt like I was playing Call of Duty sometimes with that game.
1: It was very linear, yeah. And yeah. very action focused. Yeah. yeah. I still, I still really liked it up until like, see. There's, here's the thing like the ending kind of poisoned all discourse around Mass Effect 3. I so you can't it, say anything positive about it. But yeah. up until the ending, yeah, it was very action focused, but it was still a good time. The thing is, there were some great moments in it.
0: I can't really like tie this into the to their overlords because I don't think EA had anything to do with like their ending. Like, oh, well, no, no. We make yeah. can we make that like a generic three choices ending. Um, so. That was probably more to the fact that Firewood didn't know how to end the story in a yeah. in, in a satisfy in a satisfying way. It was a really bit of a cop out ending. But
1: I mean, you kind of can't fault them in one sense because they kind of made a rod for their own backs with these two huge games with hundreds of choices between them, probably that just like branch off into different things depending on what you pick, and they've mm-hmm. got to try and bring that all back together for three. So it kind of been easy, but yeah, it still, it still wasn't a great ending. Yeah. But I think that's part of that is down to like Drew Karpyshyn left mm-hmm. Bioware. I think just before Mass Effect Two, so I think I think Mac Waters was the lead writer on Two, and yeah. um, that's why they kind of moved away. Yeah, from, they, they, there they were had... fan theories in One that they kind of moved away from in Two.
0: They, yeah, they they had like that. Was it? Oh. There was a mission in, in in two about the the sun going supernova, one of the suns going supernova. Now it was mm. like about dark energy, and that was supposed yeah. to
1: lead into the yeah. People thought that was going to be yeah. like the way it went, yeah. And then three kind of didn't even mini like mention it. Well, like you say, like
0: Bioware has sort of declined slightly, but they are bringing back Mass Effect because obviously Andromeda wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't up to... It. it Was it looked good. There was a lot of bugs in it. A lot of bugs. And there was a new studio that did it as well. So there was mm. uh, Bio in Montreal. Um, yeah. That was kind of to set up just the, to set just to do that. They'd done
1: the MP, hadn't they? They did the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3. And that yeah. was all they'd worked on beforehand. And um, so, another, yeah, I mean, obviously that
0: game... that EA probably tacked on there to... Yeah, I imagine so.
1: There was tons of microtransactions and everything in that mode. as well. I played a little bit of it when it came out because I was kind of like, you know, it tied into the whole galactic readiness thing in Mass Effect 3. So I was like, fine. So I played a little bit of it and it was quite fun. It was basically like a wave-based sort of horde mode kind of thing. But no one I knew was playing it. So I ended up playing like three missions, I think. And it did feel very tacked on. Mm -hmm.
0: There, there was a lot of missions in the game that felt like it was just wave based. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'll just hold this area. Three waves of like, um of sure, Cerberus or Reaper forces
1: coming. Survive until that wave over. Survive. Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, like obviously, Andromeda kind of tarnished their reputation, even if it wasn't like a Bioware Edmonton game, but like. You had Mac Waters, I said, like the lead writer on two and I think three as well. He was like parachuted in to try and save it because it was a complete mess and still couldn't sort of pull it together. And it's just, as I say, I've been playing it recently and it's just so bereft of imagination. You kind of think, how could, uh, yeah, they were basically a new studio working on their first big project, but how could they be handed something like as imaginative and deep as Mass Effect and make something as fucking bland as Andromeda? Like, there's no imagination in it at all. It's just so like the characters aren't really there. The story isn't great. All the all pretty much all the side quests are crap. The worlds are like just big empty areas with some like prefab buildings dropped on them. It's just you play it and you just think, how did this happen? <laughs> it's was one of the biggest IPs of like that generation, previous generation. And they made a, something that feels almost soulless and completely lacking in imagination. I just don't mm-hmm. understand how that happened.
0: We compare Mass Effect Andromeda to Dragon Age Two. They're both sort of like open world games. Rather with Dragon Age Two, tra- Dragon Sorry, Dragon Age Three, Inquisition. Inquisition. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So I was wondering um, where you were going with yeah, this. I was also, like, really so,
1: comparison no. between those two.
0: Sorry, um, they're both like similar in like they're both big open world games with
1: uh, Scope and, and sort of mechanics of them are both quite similar yeah. like They had, they had characters in, in the I think it's the fact that Inquisition was made by Edmund, and Edmund. actual Bioware yeah. whereas Andromeda was made by I don't want to say the B team because that sounds harsh but a new team basically making their first big game and they they should have had the entire leadership of that project should have been Bioware and people sort of leading it rather than sort of like just passing it off to a studio. And I think I think the guy leading it would been had worked at Ubisoft before on like some licensed games or something. And I was like, maybe let someone with a bit more experience lead a brand new Mass Effect. Um, but yeah, like systemically they're quite similar, like in in, the, um, in Inquisition, you've got the big maps and you go and you set up a camp and that sort of defogs a part of the map. And then in Andromeda, you've got a big open area and you get in your nomad and you drive to a forward station that unfogs part of the map. And then just like even stuff like the crafting and the menus and everything feel very similar. And I think that's because of what I was saying. Like, Edmonton did a lot of work to get all that rpg mechanic system stuff into frostbite which then sort of trickled down to them so it feels like a very similar game but just nowhere near as good
0: yeah yeah so the last the they, they seem like they could release a game and you know, like they were hitting home runs, they were scoring mm. with every game um, But obviously, that's falling maybe because of the talent, the people that used to be there got left. Interference from the heart, from their from the people above them. They got sort of insert certain criteria and gameplay elements and things that the bosses have told them to do. Mm. Um, but there's they have fallen they're not barware's name is not the gold standard anymore that like it used to be but there's a possibility yeah it used to be but there's a possibility of them because they, they, they are i think they're gonna resurrect in um mass effect new buy the new guy well, with the new dragon edge won't have all these like <laughs> Um, I mean, it's lot, just, just troubling chances. the fact that that was yeah, going to be the case.
1: It, yeah. I mean, I know Inquisition did have multiplayer but from what it sounds like they were going to push it a lot further in the next Dragon Age, kind of to the detriment of the single player. Like Inquisition was still a big single player RPG, but it just had kind of a tact on multiplayer that most people just felt was a bit pointless. But it sounds like they were going to completely switch the balance with the last with the next one and um you just gotta think like what the fuck are you thinking like this isn't what the studio is known for i mean like like you mentioned you'd have like there'd be like announcement new bioware game people would lose their minds now it's announcement new bioware game people are like is this one going to be shit as well
0: I don't expect much. If laughing, their next couple of games are good and they well. they don't sell well. EA are known to close studios down. <laughs> it's not making them money anymore. They're, mm. they're known to shut them down, and regardless of how big the, the name is, they shut down community.
1: plenty of them so
0: far. They're a, a multi billion pound entity, so. It makes me wonder what
1: kind of pool like um, Respawn have because like they came into EA. I think they were acquired, I can't remember if they were acquired before or after Titanfall 2. It was after Titanfall 1. Um, And they've just, they just seem to do whatever the hell they want. They're like, yeah, Battle Royale game that's free to play you know, oh and by the way it launches tomorrow yeah we'll do that massive yeah. s- star wars single player game the kind of game that ea just doesn't make yeah we're doing that and it's like well someone there must have like some incriminating evidence on ea higher-ups or something because they just seem to do whatever the hell they want yeah but hopefully right. that trickles down hopefully they have them having success like with fallen order shows ea that you can make money with things that aren't exploitative and have
0: lost the exclusivity for Star Wars now, so obviously there's Star Wars games. But yeah, yeah. That, that that's bioware. That's a good example. I mean they were at the top of the, they were at the peak. That's sort of steady decline it went down and policies fall cracking down back down to um, that down to earth, they were in the stars. They were in the heavens, man. Nothing could go <laughs> wrong. And then people left, and the foundations weren't solid. But they were very... so
1: big in like what was it, Generation Seven, three hundred and sixty PS three gen. That was, was so big. big.
0: I, I like to think that was pure fireware, especially when they had the exclusive deal with Microsoft. Like a lot of people shit on Microsoft for what they've done to certain studios, but remember, what Microsoft. When they had that deal with Microsoft, they produced some of their best titles.
1: Kotor, Jade Empire, the first Mass Effect. That was mm-hmm. that was a good shit right there. Yeah. And so, for me, like Bioware became big for me in the 360 gen because I played Kotor, but I never played Jade Empire until we did our let's play.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, it was it was Mass Effect that made me go, Fuck, this is great. And it was like, oh, all right, these are the guys that made Kotor, cool. And then mm. like from there on the other Mass Effects into Dragon Age and stuff like that's the point where I fell in love with them but you were like right from KOTOR through Jade Empire and then through to Mass Effect
0: Effect. yeah um but yeah so that's that's Bioware and that leads us on to uh to another studio that's from the heavy heights is uh is a Bungie and you have a you're, you're a big fan of Bungie. So yes.
1: This is a more personal one, I guess, because Bungie are still up there and they're still huge and a lot of people still love them, but it's a more personal thing, I think. Um, but I do think sentiment is, has gone a bit more negative in the last sort of seven or so years because, you know, they they launched the Xbox, let's be honest. The Xbox got to where it is because Halo was huge. And then Halo 2 was huge with the multiplayer on Xbox Live. And then Halo 3 was a cultural phenomenon that we don't really see that much in games. And then after that, you know, they left Microsoft, but they still made Reach, which was also a really good game. Maybe not the MP, but the single player was great. Um, They were my favorite studio for, what, a decade maybe? Maybe. Right from Halo 1, I just got so into Halo. All the sort of mystery and lore and everything and trying to figure out why Guilty Spark said Master Chief was a forerunner. What does all this mean? Reading up on lore, reading up on fan theories and everything was like 10 years of my life, basically. As well as playing the games, obviously. And I put thousands of hours into those games. I couldn't tell you how many times I've played through, like the campaigns of 1 to 3. And then They left Microsoft and they announced that they were making a sci-fi shooter and an RPG smashed into one. This was like, this is, for me, it was like the the dream project, right? Because I love RPGs. I love Halo. Halo RPG, this is going to be amazing. I was so excited for Destiny 1. I bought it on two platforms because I had people that wanted to play it on Xbox One. I had people that wanted to play it on PS4 and I was like, I'm going to play it on both, both sets of players. And then I played this is, it. This is and before like, crossplay. Yeah, this is before In the Dark Days. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I played it and I was like, oh, that's that's what this is. And it's just... Like, people will take the piss out of the story in Halo and it's campy and silly and whatever, and it's just Uram- marine dudes shooting purple aliens from another planet. But the the mystery and the depth of how things the story went back like over a hundred thousand years and like the what who were the forerunners what is the origin of the flood and all this stuff that kept fan communities thriving for as i say like a decade or more people went nuts for that stuff so that was always a big part of halo as much as it was like red v blue 4v4 or 8v8 or whatever multiplayer modes people were going nuts over but that's what kept Halo kind of, not relevant, but that's what a lot of people invested a lot of time in, like, the story and the mythology and the lore and everything. Mm. And that's what I wanted from Destiny. I wanted, like, their next the next big sci-fi RPG with a story to lose myself in. And the story in Destiny 1 was a fucking turd, quite honestly. <laughs> um, it got chopped up and sort of, like, sewn back together wrong in production and it just the way they put it back together it made no sense it was just it was shit quite frankly and it was not what I wanted and yeah. um they've they've kind of got themselves back on track a bit and they're telling more of a cohesive story but it's still not what I wanted from Bungie and it's it's I don't know they've they've embraced like a bit too much goofiness in the last few sort of expansions and stuff and gone a bit too campy with it and um i I don't want to get into spoilers for people that haven't played it but they had nathan fillion voicing a character in it who was also back in odst and halo 5 and um they went a bit too hard on the oh this guy's basically captain mal from firefly with it and um yeah, like the, the, the story that Destiny 1 hinted at was quite dark and a bit creepy and stuff. A bit, a bit like grim dark space fantasy. And then they kind of just went, oh, hey, we're all just going to be stupid now in Destiny 2. So while the, the storytelling is more cohesive, it's still just not what I want from Bungie. And they kind of went from like, they were, like, as Bioware was your favorite developer, Bungie were mine in the three hundred and sixty in the OG Xbox and 360 era. They were my favorite developer. I fucking idolized them. I'd watch all the Viadocs and everything. I knew I could have told you who half of the development team were and what they did on the games. Um, It's probably a bit creepy, really. (laughs) Cyber stalking developers on the internet. Slightly, yeah. yeah. But that was how invested I was in them. And then pretty much overnight, they went from a studio that were like, these are the top tier guys if I ever worked in the games industry, I'd want to work there, working on their stuff. And I basically idolise these people. They make my favourite games. And then the next day, it was like, I don't care about Bungie. <laughs> I was literally overnight. I played Destiny. I was like, I kind of don't care about this studio anymore. It's a weird thing to think about when I've been following them incessantly for like a decade or more. So yeah, Bungie would be kind of mine because of just how much I put into that sort yeah. of studio and then now i genuinely don't care if someone said oh bun are announcing a new a new game i'd be like i guess i'll check it out not going to get too excited though because they don't really make what i want anymore and i kind of kind of don't care and there i think that last count they were like something over 700 developers so the vast majority of people that work there now weren't working there when i used to care about them anyway So I don't want to disparage their work. I think Destiny's a well-put-together game. It's just not what I want. It's not what I think of when I think Bungie, and it's not what I wanted from them at the time. So now it's just kind of like, not really interested in Bungie. And it's just kind of a weird realisation to come to, given how much I kind of put into that over a a decade or more. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you never played Destiny, didn't you? I never never played Destiny. It was completely... You were it's completely not, uninterested. Oh, I, in was, it was.
0: I was uninterested in it. Well, well this, I mean, when, when I learned more about it and watching demos and you talking about it as well, it really put me off. I was like, this is not my cup of tea, you know, online sort of new issue uh, with a sort, of a, fling, a, a sort of tacked on story just to keep everything together. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like the story, from what I know of it, it wasn't great, especially for Destiny One. I mean, like there, there's some lore behind there, some you know. Um, I remember asking you questions like who
1: are these guys? Who
0: are they? But, um,
1: A lot of the lore is genuinely really good, but it never. Hmm. Like, I didn't say it never made it into the game. They tried to bring more of it into the game, but in Destiny One, there was basically nothing there. There's a lot of stuff like Joseph Staten, who like was a proper like, old school Bungie Halo guy. Uh, worked on the cinematics, worked on the story, and it touched loads of stuff there. Wrote a lot of it. He wrote the story for Destiny One, mm-hmm. and he wrote him and his team wrote all the lore and everything. And some of the lore is amazing, like genuinely really good, like possibly the best stuff like that has ever come out of Bungie. And they cut a load of it. Because he he left the studio, I think because they cut the story into pieces before release and just sort of like haphazardly glued it all back together. And I think he was just like, fuck this, I'm going. And um, it's a shame because like a lot of the stuff, like you've probably heard of the grimoire cards Mm. because that's kind of um, infamous now. But you picked up collectibles that told parts of the story, but you had to go to an external website to read them. So it wasn't even in the game. You couldn't even pause the game and read the story. You had to go to another website. But some of that stuff, especially around like the origins of the hive, was genuinely awesome. And um yeah, it's just they they didn't do anything good with it in the game. Yeah. And it's just it's it's a lot of squandered potential for me, destiny, I think. Okay.
0: So yeah, that's Ah, uh, like has has destiny Des- Des- is bungee has that had a fall from grace or is it just? Isn't
1: it's, it's, is it? Quite, is, it been... is
0: it? Is it? Is it compatible with the bioware uh, comparison?
1: Not really. Is that, is that it's a, a personal thing?
0: I mean, they're both different. Like, there's more personal. It's not what you're used to compared mm-hmm. to what bioware was, which had yeah.
1: a I mean, I do think bungee has a very different. I do think Bungie has a very different audience these days. Part of that is from going multi-platform. Mm-hmm. But, um, I also think I get the feeling a lot of people that loved them at the time have just kind of done what I've done and sort of walked away. Like they'll play the story stuff that pops up in Destiny, and then they'll just leave it at that, and they're not really invested. I feel like they just have a different audience, and their audience is probably potentially bigger now now that they're multi-platform. Um, so, I don't know if Destiny's ever sold as much it's spongy, as Halo 3.
0: It's Spongy Independent. They're not... Yeah. Like, they are. Independent. I, yeah. I was, I was, for some reason, I was thinking, oh, Activision owns but they don't, do they? No, so.
1: yeah, they had no. a publishing deal with them, which they basically bought themselves out of recently. And I think they they had an investment from NetEase, Chinese mm-hmm. company, but I, I don't know if they actually... I did, maybe they own like a small share, but they are effectively independent. Um. But I do wonder how long that's going to last because making a game like Bun- like Destiny is not cheap, especially one that needs constant content. So I honestly wonder how long that will last. But but yeah, I mean, it's for them. It's more of a fallen from my graces because they're not what I loved previously, and I think their audience is very de- very different these days to what it was in the 360 days. And I know that's going to sound like the uh, salty Xboxes. Xbox is just mad that they've gone multi-platform. It's not that. I was very excited for Destiny 1, and it let me down greatly. Made me sad.
0: And you, like you said you played it both on Xbox and PS4. So.
1: Yeah. Completed the story. The campaign on both. Did a bit of multiplayer and everything on both. But it just wasn't what I wanted.
0: Yes. It isn't. It's a shame. Um, so... You know, we've covered everything for that. I mean, I think, uh, just just a, a general question since like I was no longer your favorite developer, do you have a particular favorite developer now, or you just sort of your heart's been broken once and you're not you're willing to put it <laughs> back out there? So,
1: not willing to commit. I don't yeah. think I do, to be honest. I think there's just so many studios out there making great games that I don't really have a favorite anymore, yeah. like, um. A lot of people hate 343's Halo games. I like them, but I wouldn't say 343 are my favorite studio. I don't think there is one, honestly. Yeah. I just don't think I get as invested in a a single studio as I used to.
0: Yeah, I I think I I feel the same way. There's uh, not a a particular developer that I would say is my favorite anymore. I sort of just like the game. If they make a good game, I. I, I like it, yeah. I, I don't have like <laughs> like the excitement I used to waiting for a, a Bioware announcement
1: mm.
0: like I used to back back in the day, back when I was a younger man and I was always excited. about. I like, this shit more. Yeah, I mean like when Mass Effect 1 came out, I was like, that's amazing, I can't wait for Mass Effect 2. Then they did that spoiler, that not spoiler, that teaser um, tra- um, trailer where we all thought Shepard was dead.
1: Was like, oh, that was such happen? a great opening of the game. Oh, that was... What's going to happen yeah. Yeah. Imagine having the balls to kill off your main character in the first ten minutes of your sequel. I mean, spo- spo-
0: spo- spoilers. Shepard does die, but he's resurrected. So that's, <laughs> that's a clever way of resetting the character. So yeah, um... probably
1: should mention spoilers because obviously the Legendary Edition is coming out in a couple of months, and people might be coming to it new. So apologies for that, but it is literally the opening of the game. Yeah, I
0: think that's more made for the fans. For it, people have been clamoring for last uh, oh, yeah. left. So yeah. Um which fuck? Hopefully, um hopefully buy a uh EA yeah, give me a free copy. Um but uh, <laughs> uh yeah. So that's the and anything else we need to discuss. I mean mm, so that's the end of this podcast. And I covered it. Yeah. Well, like I said, Mr. Rawls has got his ongoing um, um, Quantum Break Let's Play. So please check that out. That's, released, most, out. that's released on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have um, uh, Battlefront 2, which is released on Wednesdays normally, or Wednesdays or Fridays. Uh, this this podcast will be going up on Monday. We, all, we have an audio version on Spotify, so please don't want to look at our stupid faces or my terrible like, digital background. <laughs> listen to it. On my Spotify. awful,
1: sort of online figures.
0: Yeah, terrible, terrible sword of online. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like as I say, this this is still a work in progress. I mean, hopefully. Day, like, if we can get a Q&A, like, questions from listeners, um, we'll, we'll have a section where we answer your questions. I mean, uh, I'll be putting that out there on Twitterverse or on our YouTube comment for this. Just leave us a, a question, and we'll answer it in the next podcast. But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's it for today, and interesting topic, we've both got some strong feelings on it, on, on the subject uh, we've both been broken hearted, that's like a bad breakup <laughs> you know, you fall in love with someone and they slowly change over time and they're not the same person you love so,
1: and then it changes you for the rest of your life
0: you become bitter and resentful at the world so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's, oh, this uh, is hitting on
1: too many levels, let's wrap uh, this up
0: Yeah, that, so yeah, that's I've been Paul and Mr. Ross and thanks for listening. Um, our social media details will be in the description of this podcast. So please check out my personal Twitter and Bros, game of charms, Twitter, everything will be on there. So yeah. And yeah, thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you again in another fortnight. Unless something, like, Unless some something amazing, cool happens, some amazing like, news like happens. Like Microsoft
1: buys Sega.
0: I mean, they could be. They're, they're looking for someone else to buy. So who knows, man? Buying Capcom, Konami. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. So that's been episode three, and, and uh, we hope you enjoyed. And we'll see you again next time. Bye.